the Diocese of Churches for the Sake of Others, is pleased to present the C4SO Podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO, a diocese of the Anglican Church in North America, led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the C4SO podcast. I'm your host, Ben Sternke, and today we continue our new series on faith and vocation, uh, the calling that each one of us has to join God in the work of restoring and healing all things through our daily work, parenting, teaching, leading, organizing, engineering, listening, gardening, painting, etc. Uh, our guest today is the same as last week and, again, will be one of my or will be my co-host for the rest of this series. Uh, it's the Reverend Bill Walker. He's the Director of Vocation at Christ Church in Austin, Texas. We are talking today with Bill um, as a kind of a part two of the introduction to this series uh, about how to think about um, vocation as a Christian. Uh, our last episode, I had a lot of questions that started coming up for me um, that I'm eager to ask uh, and get to. Um, and I was, uh, Bill, I was thinking about, well, welcome back, first of all, to the C4SO Thanks, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Good to be here good again. To chat with you. Yeah. Good to chat with you again. Um, I was thinking about one of the prayers for mission from mm-hmm. the um, from morning prayer, from the Book of Common Prayer. Uh, as I was thinking about this series, um, and I'll just say it here, it's probably fairly familiar to a lot of us, but Almighty and Everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers, which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry, they may truly and devoutly serve you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I was just thinking about that because it does, it doesn't pray for just ordained clergy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It prays for all members of God's holy church that in their vocation uh, and ministry, they may truly and devoutly serve so, um, where do you, as you think about this concept of vocation as a Christian, Bill, where where do you mm-hmm. begin when you when talking to people in your church about uh, vocation uh, as a Christian, what it means to sort of inhabit that as a calling? Yeah, yeah, and I love that prayer, and it, in many ways, it, it gets at the answer in some, I think, to the to where we can begin, mm-hmm. and as Christians, we we think first and foremost as what it means to be a Christian when it comes yeah. to our calling and think about the way scripture mm-hmm. uh, primarily uses the language of calling in terms of the, the life we're called to uh, in, yeah. in Christ, I mean, the commands of uh, the great commands of, of loving God and loving neighbor and the great commission uh, to teach others to do that and to make disciples and mm-hmm. to trust that, that Christ is already ahead of us and doing that work. The spirit is, with us and is sending us, and that we are, we are simply uh, participating in that in that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it begins with with what it means to be a Christian, how to follow Jesus. But it but it gets more particular too. In that, I like the way I mean Dallas Willard. I think in one place defines discipleship as uh, living like Jesus, if Jesus were you, right. And and that's not, a big, not becoming an itinerant <laughs> preacher yeah. in, the, in first century Palestine, right? But yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. It's, I love how that gets your mind going in a certain direction because it doesn't mm. it doesn't answer all the questions, and there's lots of right. different ways you could imagine what that might look like. But it's the right idea that okay, if if, if mm-hmm. Jesus were if if his way of being in the world were uh, 
you know, and inhabited my space, you know, my place, my relationships, yeah. my work, my community, my had if he had my particular experiences and abilities, how would they get stewarded in the kingdom yeah. of God uh, yeah. to to bless others and and how would they um, contribute to building up of of the body? Mm. Um, so, but but it's still all within. It flows down from you know the things that all of us are called to as yeah. as people of God, and then gets into the details of of your context yeah. um, at a, at a given season of life. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you've kind of named you know one of the common misconceptions I think um, of vocation mm-hmm. um, that that oftentimes comes up is that we equate it to our job, the job that yeah. we have at any you know given moment. Um, That's right. And I remember, you know, I remember a, um, a talk, uh, I think it was Seth Godin. I don't know if you know who that is. Mm. Um, he's like this kind of marketing, he's an interesting uh, guy. But uh-huh. He talks about the difference between, I can't remember how many layers he put in there, but the difference between vocation and, uh, and in your job, but also then your career, like yes. there's a, there's a number of different things that are really helpful to think about so that you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, get tripped up and confused. So anyway, so your job is not your vocation. Maybe you could chat, maybe you could say a little bit more about that. Like what, mm-hmm. um, but you know, your job not being your vocation doesn't mean that it doesn't have anything to do with your vocation. Right. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then, you know, I don't know what, what, maybe say a bit more about that and then maybe name a few other misconceptions that people have about vocation. Um, often. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think that's an incredibly important distinction. I still hear it a lot where, even even heard the term recently, like vocational school or, or trade school, like that's what you yeah. might go and get trained for. And I mean that right. makes sense, but, but yeah, if if if, if vocation is uh, the same as our job, then we end up probably deriving a significant amount of our identity and and value from from that mm-hmm. job, which could come mm-hmm. and go at any time. And um, you know, if we back up a little farther, part of part of the common Christian calling is this identity that's grounded and rooted in Christ, which is yeah. unconditional in that, you know, mm. God has already uh, adopted us before we could do anything. Right. And it's really only from that place that we can receive some vocational direction hmm. um, that then will get uh, practiced or implemented in different yeah. kinds of work. And so, you you know, you mentioned career being different from job, and that's a good distinction. And then I think you could add the distinction between uh, job and, and work, you know, okay. because we we all we're all called to to good work, and and that work could be employed or not, and I think even maybe the majority of our life it's not employed, uh, mm. or at least a good chunk of our life. You know, in the sense that you don't receive money for indirect exchange for this work. Like yeah, the work exactly. of parenting comes to mind. Right? It's this, it's <laughs> work. Right. right? Anybody who's a parent knows it's work, but it's not paid. But it's actually helpful to think about that as a form of work, uh, and, and even a primary vocation, uh, yes, like, yes. like marriage or like going to school yeah. for a season or okay. when you're, when you're retired or that is to say, not compensated in the same way mm-hmm. anymore, you mm-hmm. still have important and good work to do. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so, yeah. And then that in your, you could be called to different work at different times, but it's kind of like the broader you are, the less it's going to change all the time. And then the more focus you get to specific, you know, jobs or employed work it might fluctuate a good bit depending on mm, okay. uh, the season yeah. and and then yeah with with other misconceptions i mean part of it's just being in the modern world and mm. having so many 
options, you know, and and yeah. getting overwhelmed with the pressure of deciding at a certain point in, in kind of a traditional maybe college experience of what's my major okay. going to be. And I need to, I need to figure this out uh, in order yeah. to be on the right track. And so there's, a, there's some, maybe some myths in there could be just the idea, first of all, that there's only one calling and that if you miss it, you know, you miss it. Uh, or that, or that your calling is something that you just know for certain. Uh, right, right. We, we want to be so sure that we're in God's will for our life. And that can, that can really trip you up. Because uh, yeah. there's just a lot of uncertainty around uh, yeah. some of some of yeah. these questions. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned in our last uh, interview the uh, this last week that um, the like some of the challenges and, and successes of kind of running this vocation initiative is that sometimes people come out a little bit more confused than they came in, <laughs> you know, or frustrated, you know, yeah. uh, about um, some of those things. And I was just thinking that. Um, yeah, that maybe some of the manifestation of that frustration could be related to some of these misconceptions that you think, I'm going to go through this eight-week course, and then I'm going to have this, like, you know, beautiful statement about my life. I'm going to feel better mm. about my job suddenly, or I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to have some clear, you know, path toward the future. But um, yeah. I don't know, yeah. I was just reflecting on, like, maybe maybe the disorientation is actually part of the journey, and it's an important yeah. part of it uh, to tend to. I, I think it is, and, and yeah, another misconception might just be that there is a straightforward path you know mm-hmm. that that if you if you do these things if you get this degree or this training or if you answer these questions and make this plan that it's going to just unfold yeah. Yeah. in a fairly simple uh, direct kind of way and that just often uh, often is not uh, is not the case and that yeah. can be that can be very uh, uh, disorienting and and, yeah. and discouraging hmm. what um so you know, I mentioned Seth Godin earlier, who's not a Christian. Um, he, you know, has some comments on this. But what what would you say the Bible or the, or tradition has to say to us? You know, about vocation uh, and and specifically our role as Christians in vocation. Is this you know? Does yeah. the Bible have resources here? Does the tradition have resources? Yeah, and of course and that. I that's... anticipate you're going to say yes, but well. Know, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 the, the Bible is our, I mean, it, it, it's our story that we're mm-hmm. stepping into. It tells the story, of course, yes. God, God's story. And yes. um, it, it illustrates and, and reveals how our stories get woven woven into that story. But but we're mm. it's hard sometimes because you see these examples of characters that were uh, such key figures in the story of Israel, for instance, yeah. who were called in very specific and particular ways to go and do things. Um, they might've been things they didn't want to do, or they weren't very suited, uh, to do, you know, I think about, Mm. uh, Moses or Abraham and having to leave one's homeland or not being, uh, gifted with, uh, you know, oratory skills and, um, Mm. and, and having to really rely on God rather than your own strengths and abilities. Mm. Yes. We, in, in sort of the, uh, career coaching world, I think there's so much focus on what are you good at and how do you, yeah. monetize that, you know, right. uh, or, or market that. And, and of course there's some practical wisdom there. Uh, but, but in scripture, we see examples of, of God calling people to do things that, you know, they never would have chosen. And they're not probably very, uh, gratifying in, in the, in the <laughs> conventional sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and yet, uh, at the same time, those stories overall, I would still say are perhaps for us today, maybe more descriptive than prescriptive. Like, I don't think it would be wise to therefore right. expect uh, that for most of us, God is going to give some very direct, 
task and place and time that we're supposed to go do something. Certainly yeah. God could do that. The Spirit can speak to us, but right. I don't know that we should expect that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I was somebody reminded me a while back that, you know, the even the record we have, this is our story in the Bible, as you said, mm-hmm. but even that record, it doesn't, it's not like a day-by-day account. Like, these are some <laughs> right. highlights, you know what I mean? Like, yes. it's like, well, you know, the crossing of the Red Sea or, the, you know, like these big moments are written down. And then there's oftentimes there's hundreds of years of very ordinary life where, people didn't have a strong sense of like, oh, there's something happening uh, big mm-hmm. right now, or God's clearly speaking right now. There were a lot of years of just ordinary faithfulness, uh, probably, yes. that, that, were, that were called for um, in yes. Israel's or, life and then the early church as well. Yes, ordinary faithfulness and, and, and lots of suffering and setback and, and <laughs> yeah, you know, right. costly, costly struggled yes. life. And that that's too. the other, that's another one of those, Myths too, I think, is just that if you find what you love, you'll it, life will it'll just be easy. You know, you'll never work another day in your life, right? That right, that idea, right, that whole myth, and yeah. and it seems like while while we all have probably tasted uh, the enjoyment of, of satisfying and, and fulfilling work, yeah. and it is it is really great when work is like that. Yeah, um, it's if you if you're really called to something and you're and you're passionate about it, you're probably going to sacrifice significantly. You know, in that. Yeah in that calling and it's going to be uh really hard at times and that's that's evident certainly in in the pictures of people we have in the scripture yeah Hey everyone, welcome once again to the C4 Cycle of Prayer Spotlight, where we highlight the specific ministry that we're praying for this week in our diocesan cycle of prayer. And this week we're praying for Trinity Lakeside Contemplative Community in Double Oak, Texas, uh, which is led by the Reverend Marquine Meyer. And she has joined us to share briefly about what's going on right now and how we can pray specifically for them. Marquine, welcome to the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight. Thank you. Glad to be here. Before we get into what you're finding encouraging, et cetera, um, I wonder if you could just uh, tell us a little bit about Trinity Lakeside Contemplative Community. Most of the ministries that we pray for are churches, and everybody kind of knows what a church is. Um, but what what is a what what does your contemplative community consist of? Um, what does it mean for you guys to kind of live and breathe day to day? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, we are a community that lives a shared life of worship, prayer and care of souls. And our unique mission in the church is inviting people into that more contemplative side of the mm. spiritual life, things like worship, things like okay. prayer, okay. silent retreats, um, these kind of things. Okay. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's great. Um, and you've been going for how long now? Almost two years. Almost two years. Yeah. Uh, two years, we were just talking before, two years on Trinity Sunday, is that right? Yes, Trinity Sunday, absolutely. Okay, very good. Well, what's something that you're encouraged by right now? Yeah, you know, um, I've been encouraged in a lot of ways by God's faithfulness over these first two years, but I think that one thing in particular um, where we've really seen a lot of life are in our day retreats at Mm -hmm. the Abbey. And people come from all over. I write a unique guide for each retreat, and it's been... um, Just an incredibly powerful time of listening to God, responding to God, noticing His presence in lots of different ways, whether through scripture or art meditation 
or poetry meditation. And then as we come together during the retreat, um, we have had the opportunity to share some really beautiful moments of experiencing God in that Mm -hmm. time. And my passion and my hope and my prayer is that people will learn to practice some of these contemplative things at the Abbey and then take that back into their everyday lives. Hmm. Yeah, that's lovely. I'm glad to hear that you've been encouraged by uh, that uh, going on right now. What, um, how about on the flip side, what's a challenge that you're facing right now that you want to share? Yeah, um, I think for us, the biggest challenge, because we are so new, is getting the word out about what we're doing. Mm. Um, just uh, making people aware that we are a resource for the contemplative life, that we are an ongoing community that worships regularly, prays regularly, and is caring for souls in lots of different mm. ways. Okay. Well, I hope that um, everyone listening uh, can help to get the word out uh, about your ministry there. Uh, and this this is the Double, Double Oak is part of the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, area, right? It's close by? Yes. Yes. All right. Very good. So I'm sure you serve uh, anyone who is in driving distance to Dallas-Fort Worth, right? Absolutely. Would love to. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, listeners, the website is trinitylakeside.org. And um, if you'd like to find out more about the ministry, um, you can head to that website. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Uh, Marquine, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. What, um, what, what particular uh, pitfalls do, do modern folks have you know, kind of taking it from the stories of scriptures into the modern day. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are the particular pitfalls that we have as modern people when we approach questions about calling today? You know, you've named some of them that we kind yeah. of tend to think our job is going to be this. If we find the right job, it's going to be awesome yes. and fulfilling all the time. Like maybe that's one misconception. What are some other yeah. misconceptions that people have? Yeah, that's that, that one should still be named just that, that we careerism in general as, as a careerism. That's a good, uh, a way of just idolizing the, the, the role of our job and, and the, our ability now to, to build profiles and platforms around that on LinkedIn or whatever. Okay. Uh, just, it's very, it's prone to a lot of, you know, obsession around image Mm -hmm. and image projection and, and management. And, um, that's, that's a temptation. And it's also very individualistic. That would be another feature of it is that we, we, mm. we think that we have all these options at our, at yeah. our disposal. And, and in some ways we do, and it's amazing. But I think where, where it's helpful to, help, to instruct people is to start with where they actually already are and really mm. name, name the givens of your life. Name the, the anchors, mm. the things that, like what are those relationships, people, places that, that you are committed to that God has given you responsibility for Mm. And some of those, some of those are quite. Um, they, they will narrow down the field of possibility uh, to where you can't just abstract yourself from your your place and and your, you know, yes. where where God has has already been forming your life. Yeah. Uh, so that so that you're not thinking, well, I could, you know, just leave this place and go start over somewhere, which is what so right. many modern folks are tempted to do because you can, uh, but right. it's probably yeah, not this, this yeah. ability to, like a lot of our. The, the technology and the affluence that we have allow us to yeah. think that that's, whereas maybe in, you know, just a few hundred years ago, it would have been unthinkable to like yes. think that I could just go have another job or live in a different town. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah, I'm and reminded then the, of a, yeah, go ahead. 
Well, uh, I want to hear what you're reminded of. <laughs> but I'm reminded <laughs> of a Dallas Willard quote, as I often yeah. am. Um, and so, you know, he said uh, in, I think it was The Divine Conspiracy, God has yet to bless anyone except where they actually are. And if we uh, faithlessly discard situation after situation, moment after moment as mm-hmm. not being right, in quotes, mm-hmm. we will simply have no place to receive his kingdom into our life. And so I think that's, that, that's, that's what you're saying there is like, we can't dream of some other, like some other beautiful place that's going to be, oh, that all, yeah. if I just had blank, mm-hmm. then everything would fall into place and it would be perfect. And so you have to start yeah. with just, well, what's actually real about my life right now? Yes. What are the limitations I have? And, and trust that God's meeting me here and God's seeking to bless me here and call me yeah. into something here. Like this, is, yes. this is the place I start. Yes, and that, that guards against kind of two uh, cliffs, I guess, on either side, where one is that, that the you know, presupposition of, of vocational questions is I'm trying to seek out my fulfillment, you know, self-actualization, yeah. self-realization, yeah. that that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be a kind of an assumption of, of modern folks. And, mm-hmm. and then another one would be kind of the opposite end of that is that, is that I'm called to go and change the world. You know, and and that I have yeah. I have such significant work to do and so much potential to make a contribution that I need to, if I'm not leaving my mark in some big way for God, then I'm failing and falling short, and that's kind of that's yeah. also a, a problematic way I think to think yes. about it. Yeah, for sure. Both are both are kind of dislocated and uh, excarnated, you know, from your where you yeah God places you. Yeah, they're both yeah they're both uh, subject to the same uh, I guess pitfall of kind of exiting exiting the real world and thinking that true vocation or calling or yeah. impact uh, is to be had in some other place yeah, and, or, and or some other mode. That's right. And it's, it's, it, it also fuels the, the way in which this whole discourse can be quite, quite privileged yes. um, and, and need right. not be, but, but can. And especially as, as it relates to uh, mobility and influence and mm-hmm. options uh, yeah. where, where it's not a new question to ask, you know, what is mine to do and what, what, what gifts has God given me to steward? That's an age-old yes. question. But when we yes. uh, think of ourselves more highly than we ought uh, mm. and, and do have affluence, it can become a very um, yeah. self, self-absorbed question and, yeah. and pr- privileged question. Yeah. I, Bill, I think that's an important um, point to make because I do think, like you said, uh, that that can sometimes feel like, I, I believe like you do, that this is a question for everybody, yeah. rich or poor, you know, et, et cetera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes the the discourse, as you said, the way of ta- the way that we have of talking about it and, and the people who talk about it tend to be, it can tend to have this privileged tinge where it's like, you know, I can spend a few days, you know, contemplating my, you know, mission and vision and write out some statements because I don't have to work 15 hours a day to put food on the table. And so I think it can be orienting in a good way for us to remember that um, the person who does is working several jobs, the single yep. mother who's trying to feed, their, feed her kids, like how, how does this uh, flow into their life as well? Yes. And if, you know, and, and learning to think about it and, and talk about it in that way, in a way that would allow for the single mom, you know, to participate in, in crafting something like this for their life. I think that's huge. Yeah. To, to be reminded of just how much most folks from most of history, even today, you know, are not yeah. 
they probably don't feel like they can ask some of these questions. Yeah. Um, and yet, is their life any less significant? Are they any yeah. less called? Of course, oh, of course yes. not. Yes. Um, so that that's a, a humbling, um, yeah. yeah, reminder. And and yeah, the we just this can be. I mean, we we can also put a lot of pressure on ourselves when when the thing that God might be inviting mm-hmm. us into is just to lean into the job we do have and yeah. see where there's more ways to be present mm-hmm. to what God is doing right there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's. Uh, there's plenty. And as we mentioned in the last episode, uh, if you're a parent, man, you've got opportunities every yeah. day uh, oh, to lean man. into the work that's right in front of you. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, parents of kids of any age. Um, right. Well, what, uh, let's you know, get a little bit practical here. What, what practices have you found or used that have seemed to help people who are in this process of kind of discovering or discerning their vocation? What, do you, what, do you, what practically do you invite people to, to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, a quote comes to mind that, that is sets this up a little bit from Parker Palmer. He has a book called Let Your Life Speak that's fairly mm-hmm. fairly widely read around this topic, you know, um, the voice of vocation or something like that. And as the subtitle, and he, he says, before you decide what you want to do with your life, listen for what it wants to do with you. Mm-hmm. And I think we could we could Christianize that even more and say, listen for what the Spirit is is doing and pay attention to what God is, what is God already up to? Uh, yeah. You know, you're, you, this isn't a grasping enterprise, or you're not trying mm. to just. Uh, you're not. You're not in control of this thing. It's. It's going to be received or formed more than it is found or 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 you know, uh, learned. It's, it's it's caught. That's good. And That's and good. that 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 in order for that to happen, though, we have to be listening. Uh, we have to be uh, in a posture and position of. Uh, we have to create some stillness, some some quiet, some time and silence in our lives for our voice to not be the main one that's running in our heads all the time. Mm. Uh, so I think just a practice of, of listening prayer, uh, okay. where, and, 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 and time of almost cultivating a pace, a pace of life, an unhurried mm. life with, with Sabbath, with, with rest. I mean, that's part of listening for the voice of vocation to, uh, you know, to open up and see, right. see where, because uh, if you if you go too quick, you're just going to miss the, the people that God's bringing in and the and maybe the invitations. Yeah. So yeah, I would point to that, yeah. and then you know the exercise of of examine there is helpful. Where you know, yeah. at, at, and just kind of a simplified version of it, where at, at the end of the day you look back and you ask, okay, where where was I attuned to God's presence today, yeah. and and yeah. where where did I feel far from God, and why was that? Yeah. And then that that enables you to identify the the practices or the habits that you're kind of putting together for your rule that supports your sense of, uh, your sense of calling. Yeah. Uh, and because you could have a good sense of calling and not have a, a pathway or, or stable rails to move in that direction. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I'd say about all of that is, is that this is a communal conversation and experience is yeah. that we've got to be talking to folks and, and listening with others, inviting others into uh, the process of our discernment because mm-hmm. they can see things that, that we can't, they know us in ways that yes. they see our blind spots um, and they'll encourage us in ways to step out that we'd be maybe more afraid to mm. uh, if we were just mm. going at it alone. I mean, I, I'm, I'm yeah. struck today by how many people announce big decisions to their community that they made, you know, by themselves or like, yes. or with their, just with their spouse, which is okay. Yeah. But like, let's broaden that a little bit, you know? Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, what do we I have lo- to lose, right? I love the stories of people coming to their community and saying, I've only heard a few really like, hey, I have this sense that God is leading me to do this. And the community mm-hmm. says, no, we don't have that sense. <laughs> you, you need to wait a little longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's probably the reason people don't do it is like yeah, there's a right. desire to go for it, you know, that ha- that hasn't been really unearthed. I'm like, okay, well, let's examine that desire. Why do you want this so bad? Or why are you, why are you afraid of this? Or, you know, that kind of a thing. And I think people are uh, afraid of that. But man, that is a huge help um, for us in terms of our discernment, I think, is, is trusting, you know, you, you, obviously you want to have trustworthy people um, that you know are going to be in your corner and know how to listen to uh, the spirit and know how to ask the right questions. But that, that is a really big, um, a, a really big deal. You know, I'm thinking about my, my own life, as you mentioned, some of those practices. Um, and a lot of the sense of vocation that I have has come from those things of just mm. noticing. So mm. for example, like, um, you know, noticing that people would oftentimes tell me, Hey, I've like, I've heard people talk about that before, but um, it really made sense when you talked about it. Mm. And so it kind of confirmed this for me of like a sense of, like, okay, I'm a, maybe there's a teaching gift here that mm-hmm. I have this. I didn't think anything of it. It's just how mm-hmm. I think about the world. But the, the ability to take something and present it to someone in a way that they can sort of you know absorb. But I, I, yes. I learned that, I think, just by listening to people comment on my impact in their life. Um, and I've, you know, <laughs> I've learned yes. a lot of other negative things about my impact <laughs> on people's lives by listening. Um, but I think just being open to that has given me a sense of, uh, you know, I don't know if that qualifies as a vocation, but like yeah. any, any role that I come into that involves teaching, I have a sense yeah. of like, okay, this is my, this might be a good fit for me because mm. I think I am a teacher. I think I can do this. You know, I think God has gifted me uh, in this area to bring understanding, you know, yes. uh, to people. So. And that, that kind of affirmation is different from, you know, the crowd-pleasing feedback because people like mm. you. It, that if, yes. if it comes from someone really saying, you know, I was encouraged by what you offered and I think yeah. you have an, a gift there. Then they're trying to help you feel good about the way you're joining in what God's up to. Yeah, yeah. And that that's reassuring and it's not, yeah. uh, you know, chasing after um, yeah, that's know, a praise. good point. Yeah, because yeah. I, I get that, you know, I get some of that other kind of feedback as well or have gotten it in the past mm-hmm. where, you mm-hmm. know, people are just fawning or some, you know, something happens where right. they're just like, oh my gosh, that was the best thing that, you know, whatever. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And I've learned to be suspicious of that, even though it mm-hmm. feels good, you know. Um, yes. Just to be like, eh, that's probably not doing good work for me uh, to, yeah. to ruminate on this. Um, so, yeah. That's right. But, and so I'm, I'm slow. To, I mean, we, we, we know the tools out there, like uh-huh. personality assessments, inventories, right. strengths yeah, finder. Yeah. They're all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we should consult that stuff. But, but I think as Christians, what might distinguish us more is that we're submitted to the mission of the church and to each other mm-hmm. in the process. And we have these practices of communing with God that um, are checks on just the, you know, the, the optimization strategy of like, okay, yes. what are my abilities to go out and you know, yes. make something of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Man, th- there's so much there. I mean, we're, we're, um, even just bi- autobiographically again, mm-hmm. um, my wife and I are coming up on, um, uh, next year, our, our youngest kid will graduate from high school. Wow. And so there's this little shift in our life stage mm. that will probably involve a move to a different house, mm. maybe a different neighborhood. Like our church has mm. evolved since we moved here s- almost seven years ago. Mm. obviously. Um, yes. and so we're thinking about this, this move and I can't imagine 
making a decision about where to live now mm. without talking with our leadership team, without talking to people at my church, um, and, and not just thinking about what's good for the Sternkey, the Sternkeys, right? Um, but also thinking about our church, our whole yes. church, and saying like, what you know, where do people live now, and where's our church building, and where do we sense there's kind of like hot spots for you mm. know God's mission or opportunities? Like how how can this move be integrated into our sense of calling as a church, right? Not just my individual sense of calling, you know, or my wife's. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so good. Yeah, yeah. there is a corporate calling that that. This is that our individual callings are always in, in conversation with and maybe even, mm. you know, yielding, yielding to. Yeah, yeah, they can. Well, um, this has been great. Thank you. Very illuminating and helpful for me, and I trust uh, helpful for our uh, listeners. Um, Thank you, Ben. Bill, we'll conclude by asking two questions. Uh, we All didn't right. do this on the last episode because I knew I had a two-parter with you. But we'll conclude by asking two questions we're asking everyone on the C4SO podcast this year. The first question is this. What is a book, movie, or TV show that you appreciated recently? Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, just keeping with the, uh, the theme, I guess, of, of vocation, uh, I'm... I'm thinking of uh, this one book I just came across recently. There's there's lots of vocation literature out there, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, one that I that struck me as a, just, even the title actually is what I read it. I read it in the fall of 2021, mm-hmm. and, and the title itself and then the way they unfold their thesis is really compelling. By two authors, Pinches and Waddell, the the title is Living Vocationally. Okay, and I like even that language because hmm. it's, it's, it's not, the title is not finding your vocation or right. what is your vocation or even what is vocation, but how do you live with this sense of expectation that God hmm. is guiding you and hmm. leaning into God's ever present call spirit, spirit, uh, you're just, just drawing you just a bit forward to where you're not the one having to make every uh, decision and step, but that you can get in tune with and in the flow of, uh, what what God is doing that that sort of anticipation and and ex, you know recognition that God is personal and mm. wants to um, actually call you forward into some good work. Yeah, that's that's great. That's just the adverb, right? Adverbing yep. that word yep. creates that different sense that this is about integration. It's not about a different life. It's not about adding something to your life. Mm-hmm. It's about integrating a sense of vocation. You know, like just being more mindful of vocation as you live. Yes. Um, and allowing yeah. that to inform, you know, perhaps future decisions and, mm-hmm. and, and just, yeah, little decisions, big decisions, all that kind of stuff. That's great. Um, second question is this, how can we pray for you right now? Uh, yeah, well, I think it's appropriate to mention this. I, I'm, I'm still in my role at Christchurch and I'm staying in this role uh, for the next year, but I'm going to be phasing out of it in an in a employed capacity uh, gradually, as I step into a new position, um, still still worshiping with Christchurch, this is my church family and being one of the priests in the congregation, but uh, going to take on a, a director role of a campus ministry, a Christian study center at UT Austin, oh. uh, which, which does a lot of the same kind of work. Uh, it's mm. just more of a bringing together of this uh, vocational formation in the college years or university setting yeah. with mm. some of the theological education. Uh, that is needed there in a non-Christian environment to wow. think about, you know, confronting postmodern and modern ideas about how to even, you know, learn uh, 
in dis- right. different disciplines. Like, what does God have to say about engineering or, yeah. uh, or the or the business world and, and the legal field and all of that? And so, just uh, yeah, serving students in that in that okay. stage of life yeah. is going to be some of my the way this work continues uh, for me in the next season. Awesome, man! That is uh, that sounds ex- so, that sounds really exciting. So, prayers for that transition certainly the tr- and, the transition, and for the yeah. and for the fourth year of, of the initiative at Christchurch that we would finish well and okay. um, that this would leave a really a, a lasting mark on our congregation and who how we're called collectively to yes. uh, to lean into this stuff beautiful all right well thanks for talking with, with us today Bill thank you Ben um, it's a, I will, been a pleasure I'm, yeah I'm putting in another link to the vocation initiative in the show notes if you'd like and then tune in next week uh, Bill and I are going to be talking with over the next three four weeks maybe going to be talking with different uh, people from our diocese about how they're learning to go about their daily work as Christians participating in the renewal of all things. Join us. It'll be fun. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for listening to this episode of the C4SO podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.